Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Coming at you live. It is Buzzworthy Radio. Where you can get the latest buzz on all your favorite shows and stars. Buzzworthy. Start. Now. everybody and welcome to a new edition of Buzzworthy Radio this morning. It is 11.30 a.m. on the East Coast, 8.30 a.m. in the Pacific Coast. I'm your host, Navelle J. Lee. We are going to have on two guests today. Our first guest is actually with us right now. You may remember him as Dr. Jason Seaver from the former hit sitcom, Growing Pains. Mr. Alan Sick is joining us. How are you doing there, sir? Good morning. Just fine, thank you. Good morning. Morning. You sound like you sound like you're just getting out of bed and just stretching and just coming on. No, no, I get up. I'm on the uh, West Coast, but uh, I have an 11 year old in the sixth grade, so I'm up with him at about 6:30 every morning and uh, happy to do it. I can't even do that. You see, now you make me look bad. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, can you? I mean, I'm 23. I'm supposed to get up when the when the cows wake up, but I I can't even do that. I mean, I'm sleeping until like. 10 in the morning, so you, you embarrass me. But that's good, that's good. The guest is supposed to embarrass me, so that's good. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I, I had uh, some training at this uh, many years ago. I have two grown sons from uh, previous litigation, and uh, I uh, 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 went through this already, and then, you know, you hit the empty nest syndrome where you think, you know, that was kind of fun, I miss those guys, maybe we'll do this again, and uh, before you know it, you have an 11-year-old. Right, because you did you did a show when you were in Canada, and then you came here and you did Thick of the Night before Growing Pains came on the scene. And how did how did you get the role of Doctor Jason Seaver anyway? Uh, I'd love to know that. Well, I, uh, I I I had been canceled from Thick of the Night, which was a a, a big disaster. We went on against Johnny Carson and uh, got my butt whipped for about a year. And so uh, I heard that they were lo- actually the funny uh, line I heard they were looking for an Alan Thick type uh, to play the, the, the dad. At, at which point uh, I had my agent call and say, "Hey schmuck, he's out of work now. He's been canceled. His show bombed. Uh, why don't you get the real thing?" So uh, after they looked at about a hundred guys, they they called me and had me in and. Uh, uh, put me in a little uh, audition scene with Joanna Kearns, and uh, and we had good chemistry together, and that was it. Absolutely, and it went on for seven fantastic seasons. I grew up with the show, and good. Yeah, I, I I loved I loved Growing Pains. Growing Pains. I always had to turn on ABC whenever it was coming on. I was a huge fan of the show, very huge fan. Yeah, we liked that. Absolutely, and uh, 
someone who I think was a huge fan of the show is actually my co-host whose internet wasn't working, but now it is now, and he's here. Matthew, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. You know, it is a really nice day out from the weather from what I can see, and technology still hates me, but guess what? We're still we're all here, so I'm happy. <laughs> now, besides, besides the fact that you have uh, you've done Growing Pains, you've also written a few books, and you've written, I've seen you did two of them. Is that correct? Uh, I do. Uh, the first one was called uh, How Men Have Babies, The Pregnant Father's Survival Guide. And uh, uh, so there's my plug for that one. I'm sure it's uh, still available somewhere, somehow. The second one is called How to Raise Kids Who Won't Hate You. And uh, uh, I'm doing a sequel to that. So we're switching publishers, and there's some confusion I hear over where and how you can get that book, but I'd sure appreciate it if uh, somebody tried. So uh, it, it's gone it's gone very nicely, but uh, I, I, th- I, I as I said, I don't know if you go on Amazon or wherever. It's on um, Amazon, yes. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure which, uh, uh, which publisher is handling it in this transition stage, but uh, it was a fun book to write and uh, did very nicely for me, and um, uh, so I'm going to do it again. How did you come up with the title, How to Raise Kids to Not Hate You? Was there any backstory to that as to why, no, how come you wrote the uh, book? You know, I, 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 got, I learned a lot from my days on growing pains simply because they uh, always had a consulting psychiatrist nearby, uh, mm-hmm. not just because we were raising kids, but because I was playing a psychiatrist on the show. So they wanted to make sure that the things I said and did uh, especially outside the family, were appropriate in terms of any therapeutic advice I'd be offering. So we had a lot of uh, people, around, smart people around, a lot of consultations available. And I absorbed some things, and then when I decided to write a book, uh, I, I thought, you know, maybe gathering the expertise of some people who actually know what they're talking about uh, would be a good idea. So um, uh, I, uh, I, I wrote and and, uh, researched a lot of their stuff and that added my own hilarious anecdotes, my own personal spin, and that turned out to be a good combination. That's wonderful. And besides besides the books, what else do you have, what other projects do you have going on now besides? Well, I do a lot of corporate dates, a lot of conventions where I'll go and do stand-up or MC the the, 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 their awards show and that kind of thing, and uh, I, I enjoy that. It gets me out in front of the people and gets me to interact and interface in ways that allows you to know what your audience is thinking and uh, of course I still act when they when they ask me uh have a, a little part in a Will Ferrell Jeremy Piven movie that's coming out in April called The Goods and uh it's fun to do I do a handful of episodics every year how I met my mother and a show called Till Death and that kind of thing so I I, I uh, still enjoy doing that, but I started out as a writer, and so for me to be on my third book, and and uh, uh, I've written a movie that uh, is uh, going to be produced uh, next year about this time, and um, I, I like to do that. It, it allows me to stay at home and uh, be a dad with my 11-year-old, and go out once in a while, and uh, and, uh, and 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 stay busy. Writing and acting is definitely something that I think is a dream of mine, so I have to say, to do that is actually a really cool thing, so congratulations. Thank you, yeah, it's made a a real nice life, you know, I mean, it's always interesting, challenging, fun, rewarding, 
And, uh, you know, it's never the kind of thing you would advise, speaking of advice books for parents, uh, it's not the kind of thing you'd advise your kids to do. You know, I I always said I wanted, I, I advised my kids to go into dentistry because <laughs> gum disease is something you can count on and show business is a little flaky. So uh, That's if true. you really want your kids to have security, you don't tell them to uh, become actors and writers. However, uh, when it works out and if they have success at it, uh, that's really all you want for your kids, and it's a, it's a, a, a wonderful way to to live and work uh, in success. There you go, exactly. And also, speaking of your kids, I am sure <laughs> you get asked this a lot, and I, I'm going to continue that fold. But you have a son who is pretty much is being talked about above, among the nation, and I talk about him because he's absolutely phenomenal. And for those of you who don't know who I'm talking about, shame on you. Robin Sick. <laughs> Robin Sick. Well, Dick. I'm uh, I'm thrilled that you uh, feel that way about him. You obviously have good taste. Uh, <laughs> this is a very uh, uh, the truth is that Robin's career. I still I do the same old crap every month. Uh, Robin's career is really exciting and different and new every week. He's just at that stage of life where uh, it's just exploding and. Uh, a big part of the fun of my uh, existence these days is just uh, listening to him tell me what he's doing that week and uh, following him around uh, to enjoy his uh, performances and, and to love the ride that he's on right now. And this week in particular is an exciting week. He's performing on the Grammys Sunday night with Lil Wayne as oh, part wow. of medley, and he's nominated for two. So. Uh, I'm going to be there uh, cheering and crying and doing whatever dads do, and uh, uh, it's a thrilling moment for both of us. It seems like Lil Wayne is just everywhere. (laughs) Well, he had a big record this year. The Carter III uh, record uh, was huge, and it's really uh, probably the most obvious and dramatic evidence of of, uh, hip-hop and rap into the mainstream uh, music culture, Uh, the fact that uh, the staid old academy of recording arts and sciences has recognized this as an art form and uh, is celebrating the success of his record. Uh, I think that's terrific. Absolutely. Congratulations to him, too. Congratulations to you, too. I mean, you... You're doing so well, and your son's doing so well. It's absolutely fantastic. Well, we're we're having a ball, and uh, uh, and I, I hope you'll be watching the Grammys Sunday night. And uh, I will be. That Robin picks one up. I will be watching, and I know you've got so many more interviews to do today. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your busy schedule to stop by here. Well, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys, and uh, uh, go to work. Have a great weekend, and uh, like I said, make sure you're checking out the Grammys. Absolutely. Thank you so much, sir. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you, Alan. Okay. Bye-bye. Cool. So this is actually the the first interview. I I, I totally want to apologize. I was supposed to, you know, start up the show. I the show got up to a late start. But, you know, my Internet, I'm telling you, technology hates me. (laughs) It was like I clicked on my... I I was like wondering. I I saw you on the switchboard, and then I was like, okay, he's not on the host line, so maybe I better... Go exactly. Ahead That's jump. what I was trying to like telepathically tell you. But you know, I'm here, so it's all it's all gravy. I got you. I got you. So um yeah, we we, we had him for a little uh, ten, fifteen minute spot today from Alan Dick. So 
in the ne- within a half hour from now, Eric Brain is going to be joining us. Um, he's actually going to be calling in at 12.15. So, so we got a little half hour to spare for you guys. I hope you guys can uh, hold out. But I'm sure you can because I know there's lots of news that's going on around, around, around the bend that we definitely got to make mention of. And I have to, I have to say, the days of our lives news does not disappoint me. It never disappoints me anymore. Because every time I wake up, that's like the first thing I see. Someone's fired. <laughs> that's all I see now. It's just like someone's fired, and I'm like, what else is new? I'm like, you don't, Days of Our Lives doesn't disappoint me anymore. I mean, this is all that it's doing is firing people. And they're firing the bigger names. They're not firing those that should be off the screen. They're firing those that are fan favorites. They're going about it the wrong. I, I know that they need to save money. I know that they need to save money to keep itself on the air, away from the brink of cancellation. But right now, I think they're killing themselves either way by getting rid of people that everyone likes in order to spare itself. And in the long run, it's pretty much going to wind up kicking themselves in the ass. So. Well, yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that, actually, because the so, you know this, I think the biggest mistake had to have been Letting go, Gidra Hall, and Drake Oaksey. I mean, you have the the show's matriarch and in, in the show's most popular. That's like letting go of Victor Newman, you know, and, and Eric Keynes and and all of your main characters who have been nominated for for Emmy awards and who have been so popular with the fans. And absolutely, yeah, um, it's it, yeah. You know, this is you know, I'm trying to say this in the nicest way possible, but it's like guiding light. Uh, I, I know, I know, I know what? you are a guiding light fan. I know that. I am one too. And I have to say, the reason I say that is because you heard the news that besides Grant Alexander coming back, they're bringing back Krista Tesro. Yes, I, I knew that, yeah. Okay, you, did, you didn't know that. Okay. Oh yeah, well, yeah I mean, no, I just Tesro, who is the original, who played the original Mindy Lewis on Guiding Light. About and time. I I am freaking ecstatic that she's coming back to the show because I have been a fan of Mindy since I can remember. I and I grew up with the character of Melinda Sue, and it's wonderful that she's coming back to play this role. And I have a feeling it may be a contract role. Um, don't quote me on this yet. Don't quote me on this yet. Well, I if they were smart, then they definitely would. I mean. The Guardian has been doing these little stunt casts before, where it's like, uh, I think the last time we saw Krista was at um, at Philip's so-called funeral, which yes. we all know was a lie because Philip is coming back in February, later this month. So I, I think that if they're smart and if they want to hook on to their fans, they better hook on to Krista. Right, and it it's weird that they actually did this. Okay, let's let's go. They actually have a tombstone of Philip. I mean, they showed a tombstone. I'm like, we knew he was dead. He, we knew that he wasn't dead. That same year when they said that he was dead. Because <laughs> Grant, had, Grant had pre-taped scenes um, before he left the show. And it was basically of him and Alan in the psych ward. And he's thinking that he's in a Spalding meeting. Like you've got to be kidding me! 
you actually are promoting this off. He has a tombstone. They think he's in the ground, and then he's going to come back alive and kick. And everybody knew he was alive in 2000. I'm putting myself on the spot here. Either 2000 or 2006. Uh, yes, I, think, I think it's around. I think it's around that time. I think it is. Yeah. Around. And we I do have a caller. Was really good I believe then. this is our second guest. Um, yeah. He plays the ruthless Victor Newman on TV at the Times, the Young and the Restless. We are joined by, I believe, Mr. Eric Braden. How are you, sir? Nice to meet you. Hello. Yes. Hi, Mr. Braden. Nice to meet you. Thanks for coming. Oh no, this is Charles Sherman. Oh, hey, Charles. How are you? Hi. So I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna have you call him at about nine fifteen when I call. Oh, sounds the good. Number. Is that okay? That sounds uh, great. I just want to make sure that the number stays confidential. And the. I mean, right now we're not on air, are we? Or. We are, but you know what? No one can hear it. So. Okay. Yeah, so. No I, so if I give you the number at nine fifteen, will everyone know it? Um. um you know what? I'm Giselle? able to take you aside. I'm able to take you aside, and you can give it to me on the side so that we know we'll be able to hear it. Okay. Sound good? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. All right. Thanks, Charles. So I'll call you back in about uh, uh, 20 minutes. I hope you enjoyed the movie. I did. Oh my God! It was so intense. It's a pretty <laughs> intense film. Yeah. It was. It was an intense film. I mean, it, and it hit close to home for me. But I, I have to say, it was fantastic. I enjoyed every minute of it. And just so you know, Eric, you know, executive produced it, starred in it. He was involved mm-hmm. in all aspects of the production. Absolutely. He did a, he did a fantastic job. Can't wait to oh. him. Great. Okay. We'll call you back in a few. Okay. Thanks. Okay. All right. Thank okay. you, Charles. <laughs> that, was, that was interesting. Charles <laughs> is a man. Charles is a man. <laughs> that was so funny. I thought it was so funny because I'm like, I'm like having, you guys are having a conversation. I'm just like, no, I don't know what they're talking. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I didn't do that. Charles, you guys did hear that. Um, Charles, yeah, Charles is Charles is the man. I'll tell you that much. Charles is the man. Um, yeah. For those of you who didn't know what we're talking about, which is what we're going to be talking about within the next 20 minutes from now, Yes. Eric Braden, executive producer and star in the movie The Man Who Came Back. It's set in the 1800s during the bloody labor strike, and it's a true story. He plays the character Reese Paxton in the film, and... The reason why I said it hit close to home, because the movie, I don't want to give too much away, but I can give away the first scene. The first scene starts off with, I don't know, I'm, I'm pretty sure Brandon who's in the chat room, he knows who this guy is. James Patrick Stewart plays in this movie as well, and he used to play the role of Will Clorton, Cortland on All My Children. And it starts off with him coming on on the horseback. It, it's set in a racist town, okay? And you see a bunch of African-Americans, you know, they're pretty much still doing slave work, even though this is after they got their freedom. This is four years after the Civil War, I believe. And I don't have an exact time stamp on it, but... And then he just gets the the lashings. He just starts getting the lashings when they go against against James Patrick's character. And it's just absolutely, it's absolutely intense. And for those of you who don't like those kind of country westerns that show that kind of bloodshed, it's not for you. But I advise you to get this movie because it'll keep you glued in until the end of the movie. That's all I got. That's all I got to say about it. It's absolutely and utterly fantastic. It's a very, it's a very, it's a very interesting, intense. I wouldn't say controversial movie, but it definitely, it definitely 
it won me over. I can't say enough about it. Yeah, it, it definitely sounds interesting. So I hopefully I can check it out somehow. Maybe Netflix. I don't know. Um, about Netflix. You can try Netflix. Um, the best place to search for it is on Amazon, and that's that. That's always my. That's always where I go. So that's a good go-to you, place. Yeah, that is that is the go-to place. So definitely check out Amazon.com. It's called The Man Who Came Back. Um, it stars Eric Braden, James Patrick Stewart, Amon Asante, and George Kennedy. It, it's a it's a very it's a very it's a very well played movie, and he he did he did great work on it. I mean, this was nine years in the making. Pretty cool. So, I just can't believe we get to be talking to a, a you know a legend in the soap business. I mean, everybody knows who Victor Newman is, so everybody I think that's exciting. Great is I mean, Eric Braden's everywhere. I mean, he's he's done the Titanic, he's done the cult classic Rat Pack. I mean, what hasn't he done? That's the thing. What <laughs> hasn't he done? Too funny. Well, I cannot wait to talk to him. Like, it, like uh, just a reminder again, he will be calling in at around 12.15 Eastern Standard Time. But all you PSTers, that will be 9.15. So if you're on the other coast of us, that's 9.15. And a little bit. It must be about, like, what, 25 minutes or so? About 20 minutes, maybe. Around there. And so Olivia, we get the, we get the, Olivia Wilder's in the chat room, and she's also saying the same thing I was about. It was a great movie, and I was like, yes, it is. I mean, I can't, I can't agree any more than that. I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. It's wonderful. So I, I I have so much to say about it, I don't know if I can keep my head on. That's just how great it is. You well, if you have out. a lot to say about that, then I have a lot to say about Y&R, because this show's been pretty good lately. Hasn't it? Did you watch yesterday? Tell me you watched yesterday. I, I have not had time to watch it, but you know I'll, I'll definitely watch it today, probably. You got to see it. 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 See, now that you haven't watched it, I can't talk about what happened yesterday. You suck. You can tell <laughs> me. You can totally tell me. Okay. All right. Now that now that I got your permission and you don't mind it. Um, this is. Oh, I heard about Brad. That's what I heard about. Yes, we we Please. finally got to see what happened to Brad's body. That was in yesterday's episode, and everybody everybody found out that Brad did die when he saved Noah. So everybody found out in the repercussions of what happened after that. So definitely, definitely tune in to yesterday's show. Someone possibly killed him, right? Somebody killed him. No. No, he drowned. Yes. He fell okay, in the ice. Yeah, but here's what I want to know. There were rumors going around that, oh, someone's going to kill him. It was all in, like, the magazines. It was all in the... The blogs, come on. There were rumors going around how they were going to get rid of the character of Brad, and this is how it happened. He died while he was saving somebody. There was no mystery involved, nothing. It, it just He was just doing a, a selfless act, and he suffered for it in the process. That's basically what happened. That's it. Wow. No more, no less. Hmm. Yeah, I gotta go back and do some editing for for something else then. <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, and there are also rumors that there wasn't going to even be a body, but once it came out that there was a body, because Canada is able to get the show a day ahead of us, so they're actually able to see that episode happen on Wednesday, and we got um, the picture of the body that night. So yeah, when we saw that, that was like oh. And it's pretty gruesome. So it's a pretty gruesome picture. And it's a pretty gruesome scene when you see it. So definitely, definitely watch out for that. 
pretty cool. The chat room is definitely buzzing with what's going on with Lionar, so I'm definitely happy to see that we do have some <laughs> They're not. Olivia's not happy that Sharon and Nick are doing it indeed. I am. I'm sorry. I'm, a I'm not. I'm, I like... I, I, I am truly, a Sharon and Nick fan. I am. And, uh, I am a Sharon. I'm a Sharon, or I'm a, I'm a Phyllis and Nick fan, a thick fan. <laughs> I, I really like them together. I think they have so much chemistry together, and they're great. Yes, and I'm just, it, it, I'm just so happy that they're going to try to get back together. At least in my eyes, I'm not sure. But I am, I am excited that they did do the deed. I'm, I'm not. A, I was never a thick fan. I, I liked it when it was the affair. I liked yeah. it when it was the affair. I did not like it when it was no longer the affair. Really? No. Quite interesting. I never right? liked it when it wasn't the affair. When they finally settled down and they finally got married and everything, then it became boring. But when it was the affair, it was exciting. It I was see, exciting. I see. And interesting. now that they actually slept together, um, Sharon and Nick finally slept together, it, it, it seemed like it was like, this was finally. This finally happened. This was bound to happen. This is something I've been wanting for months, many years, a couple of years, and I think I think they're gonna do it. I think they're gonna do it. I really do. Well, in movie news, just to let you guys know, there's a finally a, a new number one movie out there. I'm so happy that it's not that stupid Paul Mark whatever security cop movie. I can't even say the name without just, you know, wanting to vomit in my mouth. Um, but yeah, Taken, starring uh, Ray Fiennes, is actually the number one movie, but the reason why I want to bring up the box office, my movie, our, our, my, favorite, my, my favorite movie of 2009, My Bloody Valentine 3D, is actually still in the running for the top ten. It's still, it was uh, number nine last week, and so far has grossed $45 million. I think that's pretty good. Hmm. I haven't seen any movies lately, so I can't what? really say much. I haven't. I really haven't. It's, it's been the time for movies, especially 3D movies. So if you're going to go see it, you better go. You know, it's actually really funny. I, the, only I movie watching... I saw, the only movie I saw was Eric's movie. That's the latest I've seen. I haven't, okay. I haven't felt the need to get out of my house and go see a movie because why yeah. am I going to spend 10 bucks just to see a movie? Where I can 10 bucks? Go to a matinee and spend like four. <laughs> early in the day, man. I don't even want to exactly. do that. Save your money. Early. It was actually a very interesting. I don't know if you guys watched As the World Turns, or if you do watch ATWT, they actually mentioned my late Valentine. <laughs> I was like, that's so cool that they actually mentioned um, MBV3D. Allison was talking about it. With uh, oh, Yeah, that movie we were talking about stars Liam Neeson, not Ralph Not Ralph. Liam Neeson? Yes. Really? Oh, okay, yeah, that's that's... That's true. Yeah, Liam Neeson. I thought they're Ray Fonz, isn't it? They look, they look alike. They totally look alike. Wow. Also, that's bad. What? That's no, bad. they look alike. They look alike. And, just to let you know, but Holly Valance is in that movie, so how can you go wrong? I'm sure she's a small part, but... That's the only thing you're worried about is Holly Valance. That's a shame. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Not even you can lie about that one. But I also want to... Who was saying... Only because we had on two of the stars of this film, uh, the comedy duo Frenzella. He's just not that into you. It's coming out today, or it came out today. So it is in theaters. So if you want to see a movie and you want to spend all that money, see this one. Do see this one. 
Are you going to go see it, Navelle? Since we're talking about you going to see movies. Hey, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying anything positive, but you know, never say never anymore. Well, I'm. I'm definitely actually going to see uh, the new Friday Thirteenth remake. I think that it looks really interesting because I'm a. I'm a big F13 fan, so can't wait to see. You know, they should have just done Friday the Thirteenth Part. I believe it would have been Part Twelve, maybe, or Part Thirteen, possibly. Well, it's a good thing you said that too, because now that's a that's another thing you should mention. Arlen Escapeta now after we finally um, <laughs> got him back on the show. We'll be on tonight at ten thirty. So, and he's in the movie, uh, the new Friday the Thirteenth movie. And I still cannot get over the fact that they said in the email that he is a black guy who makes it towards the end of the movie. <laughs> Was a freak. Oh, you know, it's really funny. Why are they going to call him out like that? I mean, my God. No, all I have to say is this. If you watch the the trailer carefully, it looks like his character is going to get axed in the back of the head. Just saying. Well, here's my thing. When do they not get whacked off in the back of the head? Well, there's been some... There's been some occasions. I mean, I'm a big horror fan, so... I mean, I can't say there's a, you know, there's a few African-American characters in My Bloody Valentine. I don't know. I can't tell you if they get it or not. You have to go and watch that. <laughs> Everybody's cracking up about that comment when I said that in the, about the email. They said, he's a brother who survives, or it's so wrong, it's right. And I'm like, my God. <laughs> it is wrong, but... <laughs> Well, you know, maybe that's just part of the uh, part of the uh, the trailer, and maybe his character like moves out of the way just in time. I don't know. No, no. I don't know. I don't know. And we'll have to find out. I'll definitely have to watch and, and find out. But I can't wait. I to definitely see. have to ask about that. That that's just too funny. Exactly. <laughs> I can't. Well, I can't wait to see. Um, I can't wait to see the movie in general. So, and also find out what it was like behind the scenes. Mhm. Absolutely. And besides Y and R. What else have you been watching? Have you been checking out anything else? Well, um, I, I love, I have to say, you know, aside from daytime, I'm a huge primetime fan, and one of the shows which I I have think, thought has been so funny lately, if you guys have not been watching it, it's just, it, it, it cracks me up all the time, is the show 30 Rock, starring Tina Fey and, and Tracy Morgan. Mm-hmm. It is hilarious. I mean, it's so funny. And also The Office, so... I think that that whole like little comedy block of The Office and 30 Rock and NBC, it really does sort of, in a way, bring back Thursday night television of whenever it was so so much fun to watch NBC and Thursday night. That, that's what I've been checking out. Absolutely. And I do want to mention this. I mentioned this uh, before. I want to mention it again. Um, now that I am reading in the such report about this, uh, on January 31st, one of my favorite actors, as well as many from When I Live, formerly from When I Live, Clint Ritchie, he played the original Clint Buchanan on the show. He passed away on January 31st at the age of 70. Executive producer Frank Valentini said in a statement, we are deeply saddened by the death of our dear friend Clint Ritchie. He will always have a special place in our, health, in our hearts and one life's legacy. With his creation of the role of Clint Buchanan, he helped to bring to life one of the most memorable families in the show's history. The One Light to Live family will always hold dear the memories of the man we fondly refer to as Bucky. Our thoughts and prayers go out to his family and friends. Meanwhile, Emmy winner Erica Slezak, who plays Rolicky, 
offered her sympathies on her super couple co-star. It was incredibly sad to learn that my colleague and friend Bucky passed away. Clint and I worked together for nearly 20 years and shared some wonderful stories together. Clint will be missed by me and his family here at One Life to Live. Very touching. I can't even get over it. That's a shame. I and you know I watched stuff since I was five years old and I pretty much remember Clint and Vicky together. It's just it's a sad, it's a sad it's a sad thing sad thing. Yeah. And we had so many soap deaths within last year. I hope this doesn't happen this year. I really don't. But, yeah, I know. I know. I know. And I'm going to actually take a little breather. Matt, you are going to take over while I'm gone. Oh, great. Um, okay, that sounds good to me. Of course, let's talk about the news. If you guys have not already been on, on top of the news, then you should know about Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps was actually, I think, looking at the news page right here, he has been asked to um, possibly step down from his sort of position at the Olympics. And because of that, because he was, there was a picture taken of him with uh, smoking a bong. I believe, with a bong. I believe it's, correctly, it's a, it's a bong. And, um, yeah, so Michael Phelps did, he had a statement saying he was apologizing, you know, he apologized and said that he makes mistakes. But that's a, another thing is the Obama administration is, it's only been like two, I think this has been like what, his, his first two weeks. And some big stuff has been happening. If you guys don't already know, uh, some some taxpayers have been going under, sort of have been, um, you know, have been, what was the word before? They have been caught in a way, and a lot of uh, his staff members have been not have not been paying taxes. So it's not it's not you know it's it's not really, it's not really looking good. It's not really looking good. And also, uh, in a recent poll, that his um, approval rating has going a little bit down, but hopefully, you know what, we can change this. I don't know. He, he talked about change, so hopefully we can change this. And also, another uh, more political news, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she recently was diagnosed with um, pancreatic cancer, so our thoughts and prayers go out to, to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She will she will be, um, hopefully she can beat it. I, I, I know that, uh, I read another news report, that she has actually beat cancer before. So hopefully she can, um, you know, hopefully they can, they can, she can beat that. I think it's, it's really sad whenever we to hear about that. So, uh, yeah, of course, but if you guys have any other news reports that you want to talk about, like what's going on with the news, you can definitely, uh, the chat room, it's open. Talk to us, talk to me, tell me what you think about the news. What is, I, guess I see that we have some of the chat people are actually, um, <laughs> Let's see. They're actually talking about the the pot news <laughs> with um, with with Michael Phelps. How do you guys feel about that? Well, Some people think. I mean, he did get suspended. Yes, he did. he did. After that came out, so it's a. It, I was kind of surprised by it because I didn't expect it, but the man needs a break. <laughs> Really? Danny Drake, he needs to get out of the limelight right now. He needs to be alone and away from that. Yeah. And also, just, did, you hear, did you hear about the Obama news? I wasn't sure if you heard about the Obama news. I read about it. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. You know, I kind of, 
I hope I hope he I hope he pulls through this, especially with the uh, I think it was Tennessee, and in the first major storm major um, storm I guess that that happened. So hopefully yeah. he can he can pull through this. Yeah, I agree. But you know I'm not, I'm a huge Obama supporter anyway, and I support whatever he does and how he's going to get out. I mean at least he admits his mistakes. I'll grant him that. At least he admits his mistakes. <laughs> so. We didn't have a president before who did that, so that troubled yeah. him ten times more than our previous president, who shall remain nameless, because I don't like to mention his name on this program. <laughs> Just well, saying. on to the next thing. You know, we're not going to make this into a political political debate. I, I, I think that's that's. Oh, I'm saying yes, we should. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just, uh, are, yeah, just stay, just stay away from that for a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Just, just a little bit. Yeah. So what else, Navelle? What what else can we talk about? Hello, Navelle. Did I lose my co-host? Where's my co-host at? <laughs> I don't. Hopefully, he's we're, we're, he's still there. I, I you know. But hey, just to let you guys know, in a little bit, Eric Clayton will be calling in the show. So, yeah, if you guys, hopefully, it, it's really early for me, you know, definitely. I, I don't know why, but it's actually, it's, it's pretty no. early. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can, okay. we can. Sorry, sorry, my phone I was talking off. about the earliness. I just was like, you know what, it was really, it's really early. I mean, like, I just woke up. Sorry, my, my signal faded, so I had to call right back in, so... He's, oh man! You were having you were having technical issues. I was having a phone issue. So it happens. That happens you know on live radio, folks. So, and I just heard he's going to be calling in about six minutes. So he's going to be calling in in six minutes. So you guys stay forward. And no, someone asked if we're going to imitate him. That's not. No, happen. no, we are not. And no, he's not doing such a thing. I, I couldn't even imagine on this program at all. So, Am I intimidated? A little bit. And it's Eric I pretty much want to announce this again. I said this on post. I had announced it in the beginning of the show before everybody arrived, and I'm going to announce it again. And this pretty much was in agreement with myself, Matt, and Charles. We will not be accepting any calls in into the show for Eric. Um, they did not want that, So, and I also did not want that, so we pretty much respected their wishes as well as ours. So we're pretty much going to be going ahead and running with this because they pretty much are skeptical. They don't know what's going to happen if the callers do call in. So I just yeah. wanted to put that forth and out there just so you know. So. But what about chat questions? I don't know. Are we allowed to ask some chat questions? Is that cool? I think it's not a problem. It's just that we better be very um, meticulous in what we ask. That's what of course, he, of that's course. what he told me. So I just want, I just wanted to uh, let that be known. This is it's Victor Newman. I mean, you have to be. It's right. Like, it's exactly. like almost like interviewing the president of daytime. It kind of is. <laughs> it kind of is. And I was asked this previously, and they just asked in the chat room. Are we intimidated? You know what? If Nelson Bronco, who has done this business for gosh knows how long, and he's intimidated by Eric Graydon himself, 
Yeah, that's... Uh, no, I thought that the question, <laughs> am I intimidated? The only, the only thing I'm intimidated I about... Was, I am intimidated only because this is Eric Braden. And he, no, he is no, 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 I think it's fun. I think it's going to be like... It's going to be just like friends talking, but I think the only thing I'm intimidated about... Like, I'm not going to do my impression... Never gonna happen. Not, that's not I gonna happen. I would say I'm a little yeah, I'm a little no. bit intimidated only because yeah. it's Eric Braden. I'm a huge fan of his. You know, he he's yeah, we want friends. him to come back. We would like him to come come back to the show. I guess. Yes, we would. So. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So that that's that's my answer to the question. I'm excited. I it, it is an honor and pleasure to be able to talk with this man. So. So that's my yeah, answer. Yeah, of course. I, I was actually probably, you know, most nervous to meet my idol, who is on that show, Tracy Bregman. That was, for yeah. me, that was like, oh, that was like my wow moment. Like, I was pretty, I pretty stoked about that. <laughs> I know. You loved, you loved Tracy. And for me, it was Kelly Monaco. Yeah. It was Kelly Monaco. And I, I heard so much from that interview because I got so many emails. They're all going, you were drooling. So <laughs> I, I said I was. Was it that noticeable? <laughs> God. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's uh, take this phone call right here. Here you go. Six. I think it's a New York caller. How are you? Hello, you're on the air. How are you? Hello. Hello. Yes. Hi. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Hello. Yes, is Eric Braden on today? Well, he will be calling in in a little bit. So if you go to the chat room, and you can, that, that's a good way to ask your questions there, okay? Okay, or I'll call back. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, you guys, wow. That's, it's pretty, we're, we're getting the pre-Eric Braden, you know, the vibes. It's it's definitely definitely going to be there. Pretty cool, huh? Mm. They're starting to fill up now, now that they know he's going to be here in like two minutes. Of course. So. They are starting to come in there now, so I am watching out for him. It was a New York caller, by the way, oh, so just wanted to let you know. Yeah, oh. yeah. And is this the guy who called him to, oh, we better be in the lookout for this guy. Yeah. Uh-oh, uh-oh. We know, we know what number, we know. Uh, yeah, we <laughs> We're do. on top of it. We're totally on top of it. When people tell me to watch out for stuff, I take the numbers down, so. Exactly. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Thanks, O. So you're like yeah. you're like my top dog in that. So whenever you let me know, about I know about those weird. I know. Ones, I would take them down, and that's the advice I give to other blog talk radio hosts too. Always get their numbers if they're the weird one that people have been talking about. Well, we, you know, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about good stuff, like Young and the Restless in that new movie. Can't wait. That's gonna be fun. I really, I really am anticipating talking to him about this movie. I know, I know they want to talk about this movie, the majority of the conversation. So we, we will, we'll be sticking to the topic of the movie, but we will be getting some wine on there too. So, but he really does want to talk about the movie first. So, and yeah, speaking of this movie, the man who came back, we are here with the star and executive producer of the movie, one of my favorite actors in the daytime world, Mr. Eric Braden. How are you doing, sir? Hey, my man. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, and I was just mentioning to the listeners out there that this movie, The Man Who Came Back, you starred and executive produced this movie, which I did get to see, and it's absolutely fantastic. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful movie. It 
It's a true story, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I appreciate that, Neville. That's that's nice. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yes. There's it, a lot uh, of it, lot of work involved. It was nine years in the making, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? More or less, but most of those years were spent in in trying to get the script right, you know, and uh, that's always one of the most difficult parts of the whole process of making a film is to get the script right. Exactly. And you play Reese Paxton in this film. That's right. Um, you play Reese Paxton in this film, who is basically set out for revenge because you were committed a crime. You were tried for a crime you did not commit. They accused me of a crime, right? Exactly. And they and go after my wife and my my son. And um, I come back. Event they send me to prison. Some pretty awful things happen, and then I come back and I wreak havoc. Okay, exactly. guys. Yeah. And this also. And it also hit close to home because this movie was set in the 1800s during the bloody labor strike. It's something that happened in American history. That it's not the most talked about. It's what? It's not. It's 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 a movie that's set in the 1800s during the the, the labor strike, and it's right. something that happened in American history that's not the most talked about. No, from what I don't talk. This is this is during Reconstruction. This is after the Civil War. Mm-hmm. This was the the in the second part of the 19th century. And what they had done is, when slaves were nominally freed after the Civil War, they perpetuated uh, the indentured servant status by issuing a law that said, if you owe money to the company store, meaning each plantation had its own store, then you're not free. So they would then arbitrarily raise the prices as, as they felt like it, and so people were never free. So they right. perpetuated slavery by different means. And they formed a union in, in, in New Orleans in um, the 1870s. And it was started by railroad workers who worked on a railroad from New Orleans to Texas. And then they extended the membership to people who worked on plantations. And within a short time, they had 10,000 members. And they announced a strike in Thibodeau. Um, in Louisiana in 1887, I think. And the owners got together, and the plantation owners, and they got the militia from New Orleans and Shreveport and Lafayette, and they got a bunch of Gatlin machine guns, and they mowed down 300 of the strikers one night. And uh, so that's all based in history. And um, the rest, to be honest with you, is based on a book that I read about five years ago called Without Sanctuary, a shocking book. And um, uh, it's a pictorial history of of some of the things that went on in the South uh, during that time, and uh, it's it ain't pretty. So that's a part of history that people don't often talk about, and but I think they need to talk about it and uh, exactly. to realize how far, how incredibly far we have come. You know. Well, now after watching after watching the film, hopefully they will talk about it because it yeah. definitely seems like something very interesting. Right. Right. And aside from acting as movie you executive produced it, how hard was that to go into that into that field? Was it a very a very difficult process or not difficult at all. I enjoyed it enormously. I uh, you know, when you've been in the business for as long as I've been, then you, you know more than you realize and uh, you also know to get the best people possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, never assume that you can do things on your own. You just you know, appeal to the best people in, in each field and, and try to get all of them. 
exactly. camera, had... cameraman or editor or uh, director, whoever they are. So, no, that, that wasn't difficult at all. I enjoyed that enormously. Um, composing the music, um, I had nothing to do with that, but I certainly oversaw it in the sense that I liked it or disliked it. Sound mixing, I mean, there's so much that goes on when you make a film. Exactly. One doesn't realize it when you, when you just watch a film, you just sort of take things for granted. You don't realize how difficult it is sometimes to, to get it to the point where it is, you know. Exactly. You had wonderful actors in this movie. You had Amand Asante, George Kennedy, James Patrick Stewart. You were acting opposite them. Wonderful. They were fantastic. They were just, they were, oh, I'm, I tell you. And George Kennedy is now, George must be about 83, 84. As you know, has won Oscars and, and what a wonderful actor. I have such great respect for him. And Billy Zane and I worked in Titanic, and uh, Armand Asante, who's a great actor, was brought by the director, and Sean Young, who um, from Blade Runner and various other films, uh, was great to work with. And Carol Alt, who recently, I think, was a centerfold in, in Playboy magazine. Carol and I have known each other for a while, and uh, she was great. Peter Jason, Ken Norton, the old fighter, you know, he, he beat Ali twice, and uh, he was in it. So it, it was a wonderful cast. We had a great time um, with a few financial constraints, but, but a great time. Try to keep the budget as low as possible because it's difficult to compete in today's market. But uh, there you are. So for a while, we were number one in, uh, in non-theatrical rentals, TV, uh, DVD rentals, and uh, that was very encouraging. So, Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. And, and actually, I, I see that you guys you guys filmed in Texas. Was it pretty hot filming in Texas? I mean, you have the, the Western, you know, way back when, in the 1800s. Right. What was it like to film in Texas? Uh, we filmed outside of, outside of Houston in an area called Conroe. And um, the, one of the producers, Chuck Walker, who also did the original screenplay, well, he lives in that area, and he was a he was a boxer on the 1976 Olympic boxing team with Sugar Ray Leonard and all those guys. And um, so he's from that area, and he knew a lot of people who had done films before. So uh, a lot of them in that area worked on the film. Very hospitable people, very nice. And then later on, we filmed in Brackettville, which is two and a half hours west of uh, San Antonio, on John Wayne's old Alamo set. John Wayne in 1959 had done the Alamo in that in that same set where we played the prison scenes mm-hmm. and um, on, on a ranch and you had a 360 degrees view and no obstructions it was ideal for filming and um, it, it, we used that as a prison the old Alamo set pretty cool yeah it was very cool so people were very nice very cooperative uh, just did this film with a lot of people you know giving of themselves so that's i never forget it. It was one of the most joyous experiences I think I've ever had in this business. It was tough, but it was wonderful. Very see challenging. It all come together. Very challenging. Could you see, would you say, would you like to go back and execute produce any more films or you start bet. any more films? I yeah. would do it. I would do it. As soon as we make money with this film, I'll do it. <laughs> you bet. I love there it. you go. <laughs> Wouldn't hesitate a moment. There you go. I like yeah. that. But I always now, be always be loyal to young investors, so <laughs> Ah, and 
I, I'm a huge fan of yours on Neon and the Restless. I grew up with Victor Newman since I was five. Oh, my God, did I say that out loud? <laughs> and, and one of the most powerful and ruthless men in the history of daytime television, and it's wonderful to be seeing you play that part again now. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. And yeah. for you to be working alongside Eileen Davidson again, it's wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful it's, chemistry between the two of you. She's great to work with. Yeah. They're all great to work with. We have a very good cast on on now, I must say. We have a damn good cast. I respect them all. And um, I'm very grateful to the show, very loyal to it, because it's given me um, a chance to do all kinds of things as an actor that you normally don't get a chance to do. And um, so I'm a loyal man, so I'll stay on it. But um, if I now have a chance to do another film, I will do it. <laughs> but only <laughs> not, not as an actor. I don't want to do just as an actor. I want to produce the damn thing as well. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a reason why YNR is definitely number one. But I want to know what, how has, in your opinion, soaps been around for so long? How how have they survived, especially YNR? <clears throat> well, I think in our case, I can't speak for the others because I don't uh, don't really watch them. But uh, in our case, I think it's 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 always been good storytelling, and right now it's very good storytelling. I think Maria Bell, who's the head writer. Yes. And some of the other writers she, she hired uh, have done a hell of a job uh, getting back to what used to work on the show. You know what I mean? It's 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 yes. for a while there were some writers who tried to be away from it, who tried to impose their own thing on the show. And I, I mean, why, you know, why play with it? Um, why tamper with it? And Maria Bell, the new head writer, understands perfectly well that uh, what works on the show, and uh, that's what she's dealing with now. And uh, I think it has. I think the ratings have gone up again. I think we're the only show where the ratings have even gone up again. Although we have been number one for twenty, I think almost twenty-five years now, and which is extraordinary. It has never happened before in the history of Hollywood that a show has been number one for that long. So I think it has to do with it, with the writing. You know, in the end, that's the most important. And then you have. I mean, what makes a show successful? What makes a film successful? It's just so. If you could bottle it, if you could, um, you know, find a way to streamline that, a lot of shows will be successful. You can't. It's sort of a lucky confluence of of actors and writers and, and producers and, and, and music written. I mean, it's it's it all comes together, and uh, the mix is what makes it. All. It's not one thing. It's not one actor. It's not one writer. It's it's a confluence of things. Exactly. And uh, we just have been very lucky, you know, very lucky. Yes. So, uh, and I'm a lucky man having worked in this business, um, but I've been at it for many, many years now, over 40 years now, but on that show for 29 years. So. Wow. Yep, 29 years. I started when I was two. You know, the show, a grow. role that was not even supposed to last that long. That's you know, crazy. you know how they show how they grow so quickly on the show. They do. Yeah. They get sourced. They go. Victor sends his children to Switzerland. Yes. I said, I said it's a combination of Swiss cheese and yodeling that that makes people grow so quickly. <laughs> they come back to ten years older. Yeah. So I'm sure you get you get asked this a lot. What is what has been your favorite Victor storyline? Oh boy. 
Uh, oh boy, I, I would say hmm. this goes way back. I, I knew then that I would stay, and that I had asked Bill Bell, the original writer of the show, to explain somehow in the writing why Victor Newman was who he was, why he was as tough, why he was as as hard-assed, why he was um, as ruthless. And I said, give him a background that, that, that I can sort of understand, because no one is is that way without a reason. So they came up with this wonderful storyline that he, had, he he started in a, in, a, in a he was left at the doorsteps of of an orphanage when he was seven years old. And once Nikki and I played that scene, this was Christmas time. I forget when now, many years ago. And somehow when I played that scene, I said, "Now I'm going to stay. Now I I have touched the audience. I know I did because it touched me when I did it." And um, it's a very sad story. It's it's a story that obviously is repeated in real life by a lot of boys and girls who um, you know grow up in orphanages, and and it's 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 tough. So it leaves it leaves its indelible marks. So Victor never trusted ever since that time. He just doesn't trust anyone really. He's a loner basically. And obviously has difficulty with his relationships. He's been married eight or nine times. So, um, but there's a reason for it. And once he wrote that story, I said, "Now I'm going to stay." And I knew, <laughs> wow. I knew that it would touch a chord in, in a lot of the people in the audience. That's yeah. cool. He's a Victor new man. I, I love that story. How he, he was Victor. He was a new man. He recreated himself. That's right. That's true. So that's that's right. it. Exactly. So that that storyline and and there's another one where his mother visits him. <clears throat> he doesn't realize it's his mother. He doesn't trust her. He thinks she's after his money. She left him when he was seven years old, and he doesn't recognize her. And then she says something during the scene that only she could have known. She talks about a hole in the sweater, in the sleeve, and only she could have known that. And I had no idea how I was going to play that scene before we did it. And it was just a mixture of, of enormous anger and, and, and sadness and, and everything mixed into one. That, I would say, is still the most memorable scene I've ever done. Um, wow. I think. But then there were many others, you know, a lot of fights with, with Jack Abbott and, and uh, oh, yeah. some great scenes. And Peter Bergman is a wonderful actor. and um, Great scenes with Melody Hammer Scott, who plays Nicky and... Uh, it goes on and on, you know. Um, too many to count, to be honest with you. I've enjoyed it enormously. So, is there anything you can tell us what's coming up with Victor on the show? What we can look forward to? Because it well, I fasten your seatbelts because a lot of stuff is coming up, and it's 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 uh, he's up to his old ways again. You know, he's, he's yeah. getting even. He's getting even. <laughs> Good. He's taking care of business. Oh yeah. That's good. We like Victor Newman going after people that he hates. Say what? We like we like it when Victor Newman goes after people he hates. Yes. 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 (laughs) So I like it too. (laughs) So anyway, it's um, he is um, getting even with some people, and in in a big way, in a big way. 
So um, just something to look forward to. Yeah. And one final one, one final before we let you go. Yep. How excited are you that Mr. Barack Obama is in the house? Well, I wondered if you were going to ask me that question, and uh, <laughs> I wanted you to ask that question because I am very excited. And um, I initially, to be honest with you, during the election, I was for Hillary Clinton because I, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know enough about Obama. I did not. Um, and then Hillary Clinton, I thought, was the most qualified of all the candidates, to be quite frank with you, because I think she had the most extensive experience. She's a very bright lady. And then as, as the election went on, I thought, the campaign went on, I thought she is making some egregious mistakes. When she started talking about landing in Bosnia under, uh, you know, under the bullets of, of, I thought, what the hell is she talking about? That is so easily traceable. And I think someone who accompanied her said the only stress they felt is trying to find a restaurant. Uh, so she lost me then, to be frank with you. And I think another mistake was made in her campaign. Uh, Bill Clinton, who I like very much, um, he showed up too much. He, in other words, it was essentially antithetical to what she wanted to prove, namely that she as a woman could, could do it on her own, and I'm sure she can and could, but he kept on appearing in the background. Uh, he kept on insinuating himself into the campaign. I thought it was an enormous mistake. And then I began to watch Barack and just realize what an extremely tough guy he is. He's a tough guy. He is very tenacious. He is and not easily roused to anger. He's mm -hmm. a very controlled person. He's extremely bright. And I obviously then jumped on that bandwagon very quickly because I realized this is the man we need. He is essentially, I think, non-ideological. I think he's essentially non-partisan. He just wants to solve problems. And I think he is intellectually equipped to understand the entire scope of the problems we face economically, internationally, in politics. I mean, we are facing, as you know, enormous problems. Right. And I really have a very, very good feeling uh, that he understands the entire scope. Um, obviously, people are going to take pot shots. You know, the, the right-wing is already doing that. And, uh, but to hell with that. It doesn't interest me. Uh, <laughs> he, is, he, is, he is tough, and she is very impressive. She won me over... Um, and she had an interview on Larry King. Mm -hmm. And I thought, whoa, what a composed, what a what a basically healthy woman. You just get a feeling that they're both healthy people. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. It, yes. It, you just get a good feeling, a wholesome feeling. They're healthy and they're bright. And although they're bright, went to some of the best academic institutions in America, uh, they kept their feet on the ground. And, and two beautiful children. I mean, I, I can't say enough. It's... it's um, uh, I just hope that the reality is is not so overwhelming that um, it's going to be difficult to to get things done. And Congress, obviously, I mean, we would like to throw out the whole pack sometimes um, with their party political bullshit. It, it just drives one crazy. Uh, we need to solve problems right now, and we need not to bicker about. Uh, what advantage one party will gain over the other? It is. It is. I think people are so utterly fed up with that. It's extraordinary. So, uh, true. if anyone can mend fences, I think it is. It is Barack. Um, so, 
I have great hope. I'm very happy about it, extremely happy about it. So uh, let's see what happens now. It's going to take yeah. some time, but I think he's going to be able to do it. So I, I really do. To be frank with you, I think it's going to be, uh, if some of his programs um, will be initiated and, and start working, I think in, in 2009 it's going to be rough, I think, but we will see beginnings of things changing. And it's just so nice to see, you know, this very bright man, very eloquent um, uh, gentleman, um, you know, receiving foreign heads of government, and, and, and she is so warm and nice. I mean, it's, it's, it's to be honest with you, it, it, it warms my heart to see it. That's all there is to it. Uh, for sure. So, um, but we have a lot of work ahead of ourselves. Thank so, <laughs> <Me> you. <too. laughs> we sure do. Right. No, we really do. And we'll solve it all on the Y&R. <laughs> Hopefully, is, right? Don't, don't you Which is on that. right now. We'll take care of things. <laughs> well, right. I have to say, I definitely say it was an honor to talk to such a legend in the business. I mean, like Novell said, we do, we, we've grown up watching you, and I just want to say thank you so much for coming on to the show. Well, I appreciate and that you have me on. Your show is on right now, so we're going to go and check it out. <laughs> hey, be cool, my man. All right. So All right. Thank you very much, and I enjoyed it. And is it, where, where are you, back east in New York, or where are you? We are in back, we are eastern standard time. Yes, we are. Where where are you? Pits, I'm from Pittsburgh, and uh, Novell was from Jersey. But you are now. Where are you doing the show from? From Pittsburgh and Jersey, two different. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, from both. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Modern communication. Well, it is colder than a which is you know what? How cold is it back there? Oh, it's freezing. Well, oh my gosh. All right. It's like 12 degrees. Uh, it's really cold. A little bit. I'm going to stay in California for a while. <laughs> okay, guys. You have Thank a, you. Have you. A, you have a good day. I appreciate it. All right? We'd All like right. you to Thank come you. back anytime. Thank you. Anytime. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow. <laughs> I'm sweating. <laughs> really? really? I'm Nadelle, sweating. I'm sweating. Oh, I, my God. This is like our right app now. I'm like, I said, you know, you can't see me right now, but I'm totally high-fiving you. Totally high-fiving. Why? <laughs> It was, it was a really, you did really good, and we all, I think everybody, it was just awesome. So, hey, I guess that's the end of the show, right? Oh, my God, <laughs> yeah, a little bit, but, my God, what the, um, I'm sweating. <laughs> I, I love this man. I, I, if I didn't love him before, I love him now. <laughs> wow, that was amazing. So, so something that I would like to ask whenever our guest leaves, when are we on next? We are on again tonight at 10.30. PM Eastern Time. Really? Who? who do we have on tonight? Ar- Arlen Escapeta from okay. the new Friday the 13th movie. The guy, the, the, the black guy who makes it towards the end of the movie. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that, that, that sticks out in the email so much. It's funny. <laughs> oh, I'll definitely really ask you about that trailer question. <laughs> oh, that's, that's hilarious. But i tell you what, I can't wait to ask him about that. That's, that's going to be like my first question. How does it feel to be the only black guy to make it towards the end of one of these kind of movies? <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, how can, how can you not have something like that is presented to you? And we're going to be on again next week on the 10th, February 10th, which is a Tuesday. We're going to be joined by Big Brother 10 winner Dan Geesling. So he's going to be joining us. Yay. 
And I believe we're working on having on the 12th of February, which is Thursday, next Thursday, Crystal Chappelle from The Guiding Light. She plays the role of Olivia. And we're going to be talking to her about the little Otalia pairing, which is getting a lot of buzz right now. So I definitely want to... A spokesperson totally said that they're just going to be good friends. What's that? I said a person a long time ago totally said that they're just going to be good friends. Who said that? A long time ago it was said. Who said that? A spokesperson from Guiding Light. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good they friend. did say that. They good did friend. say that. That's right, that's right. But it was <laughs> called out but it was called out that it was gonna be a little something something, so I'm looking forward to talking about that a little bit, so of course. We'll, well hey, we'll I you know what? I want to thank um, my co-host for pulling this off. Can't believe you did it. Good job for you. That, that's awesome. You know, it makes me proud to be your proud to be your co-host on the show. Um, I want to thank, thank everybody from the chat room. I want to thank everybody who listened and who. I want to thank everybody who called in the show. Mr. Eric Brayton, was a wonderful guy. Alan Sick, terrific yes. man, and Charles Sherman who called in. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank him for calling in and surprising the crap out of me, but like exactly. I said, it's awesome. So, uh, <laughs> so definitely, definitely, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you so much, Matthew, for being my co-host. And from all of us here at Buzzworthy, we'll see you guys later on tonight at 10.30 p.m. Eastern. And always get the latest buzz with Buzzworthy. We'll see you guys later on. I'm totally going to say the ending next time, because you've totally been saying it. <laughs> I have been, but, you know. Just kidding, just kidding. All right, guys, thanks, and we'll talk to you later. Bye, bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.